Thank you, Brother Maynard. Thank you, choir. I love that choir special. They're singing all these different verses at the same time. I could have sung that song, and they wouldn't know when I'd messed up. <laughs> it's great. It's good. Need more of those. Uh, thank you for taking part in worship. You brought your Bibles. Turn to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. This morning I'm going to share a passage of Scripture. Catching men for Jesus. Catching men for Jesus. As we continue the theme of soul winning. You know, I've been preaching on soul winning. This is the fourth sermon on soul winning. And then, uh, and then on Sunday night, we have a soul winners training class. So we've been studying how to be soul winners. And so uh, kind of reminded about this preacher. He preached for five weeks on repentance. And finally someone said, Preacher, when are you going to preach on, someone else, on something else? And he said, when y'all start repenting. So when we start winning souls, maybe God will send me another direction. But until then, Luke chapter 5, look at verse 1 through 11. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. And then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little further from the land. And he sat down, and he taught the multitude from the boat. When he... When he had stopped speaking, he, had, he said to Simon, uh, Lunch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat, to come and help them, and they came, and they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon, and Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all, and they followed him. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to worship you, and as we open your word, Father, your, your spirit would speak to our hearts. And Father, Impress upon our hearts the need for us to be soul winners as your people. We know you command us to right in this verse. As you told your disciples then, you tell your disciples today, your followers today, you shall catch men. You'll be fishers of men. So help us, we pray, to take an honest look at your word and then make those decisions we know that you're calling us to make. Thank you for all that you've done for us through your son, Jesus. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say the men. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to each heart here. 
those who are here, those who are viewing by other means. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This morning I believe that God would have us to recognize the three factors involved in soul winning. Three factors. A factor is something that helps you produce or influence a result. It's one of those things that causes something to happen. Therefore, as you study Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, there are three factors involved in winning people to Jesus. I want us to look at those. I mentioned last week that Jesus uses different experiences to teach, uh, to teach about winning souls. Last week, if you remember Jesus, he used an illustration from farming we talked about sowing seed. We talked about the farmer, and we talked about the sowing of seed, the seed being the gospel, the word of God. Then we talked about the harvest, and we talked about the harvesters. And, and so we, he used that illustration about farming. This week he's going to use an illustration about fishing, fishing. You know, when I was growing up, a couple of friends of mine and Myself, we'd go down to the creek, and we'd jug fish, and we'd set out trot lines down on Robinson Creek, not far from my house, about a half a mile. And we'd take these empty jugs, milk jugs and Clorox jugs and, and orange juice jugs, and we'd tie about three feet of string fishing line with a hook and a good weight and a good bait, and we'd set those jugs out, and we'd set out some trot lines. And we come to find out that the more hooks we had the better chance we had catching fish. And that's the same today. The point is, the more hooks you have in the water, the more fish. And so to be a soul-winning church, we have to have a lot of hooks in the water. We're going to catch any fish. Now, we have some hooks in the water. We have Facebook, that's a hook. We have YouTube, a hook. We have the radio, hooks for souls. We have tracks and bracelets and class fellowships, WMU, brotherhood, personal testimonies, the children's ministry, trunk or treat, the water giveaway, vacation Bible school. Those are all hooks that we've got set out to catch men for Jesus, people for Jesus. And we need to constantly look for new ways to reach more people for the Lord. We need to look for people who need Jesus. Now, just as a fisherman would go where fish are, we have to go where people are. We have to be on the lookout for new neighbors. I have a new neighbor in my neighborhood. I'm planning to take them lunch today after church. They don't know that. But I want to just go, and I know them already, but I just kind of want to, you know, renew acquaintance and at the same time build a relationship with them. And so... I'm going to see a new neighbor. We have to look for new neighbors in our neighborhood. We have to look for people on the job who need Jesus. We have to look for people in the classroom, fellow students who need Jesus. We have to look for people. You know, you can, you can even share people, you share with people from your social contact list on your phone. You know, I have over 4,000 contacts on my phone. My, just think of all the people that I could share with from time to time. And so Jesus had come to preach the Word. And you can imagine the day there at the lake there in Galilee. Everybody was 
there. Practically everybody coming to that lake. Jesus had come to preach the word as a large crowd. Verse 1 said, a multitude pressed him. I mean, the place was just filled with people. And not only were they there, but they were anxious to hear the word of God. And so in verse 3, Jesus gets into this one ship, one boat, and he uses a boat for the pulpit, and he uses the shore for the oratorium, and he uses the, the lake kind of for an, amp, for an amplifier, and then he uses the rocks for the pews or for the chairs for the people to sit. And here's all these people sitting around listening to Jesus. Verse 4 says, And after the message, he performed a miracle. And so he tells Simon Peter, he says, uh, Simon Peter, let down, let down your nets for a catch of fish. Now, it's obvious that he had planned to, to work a miracle and at the same time teach a spiritual lesson. That's what he was doing. Verse 10, look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, And so were James and John and son of Zeb sons of Zebedee, partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. Here's a lesson. From now on, you're going to catch men. People. Now, remember, fish can be used as a picture of people. I mean, you have restless fish darting here, darting there, going there, going here. That's the same way people, restless people. We live in a world of restless people. So fish are like people, just restless, going from one shallow pool, not too deep, but to another shallow pool, like people. Fish like people. And so he's performing this miracle. And he reminds them at this miracle that you are called to be soul winners. You're going to catch men. Now the word catch is interesting there. That verb literally means to catch alive. You're going to catch alive. You see, there's a difference from, there's a difference from, fishing, for, from fishing for fish and fishing for men. Fishing for people. Fish are caught for death and the fire. Men are caught for life and heaven. Big difference in those fish. Fish is fish and men are men. And make a note, something else to remember. The devil's also fishing for men, for people. 2 Timothy 2.26 gives us an idea that Satan is pictured as, as a fisherman whose purpose is to hook men and make them slaves. He's fishing also. Even today, we'll say, well, that person's hooked on drugs. That person's hooked on alcohol. That person is hooked on smoking. That person is hooked on vaping. That person is hooked on pornography. That person is hooked on sexual sins. A person's hooked. The question is, whose hook are you on? Whose hook? And so this miracle provides this beautiful picture of how to win people to Jesus. Now, don't forget, uh, people don't give themselves up Fish don't give, they don't surrender. Fish don't surrender. 
They don't surrender. They don't give themselves up. People don't give themselves up. They have to be caught, just like fish have to be caught. And so Christians must become fishers for men going out where the fish can be found. Now, three factors essential in catching men for Jesus. Now, remember, a factor is something that helps produce or influence a result. So, therefore, what's something that I can use to help me produce or influence me as I'm a soul winner? First of all, if you're taking notes, the dominion factor, verses 1 through 4. The dominion factor. Now, the fishermen here had been called before. These disciples had been called before by Jesus. And when they, when they were called, in Matthew, when they were called, Jesus promised them, I will make you fishers of men. However, Peter and these others had eventually gone back to their fishing business. No doubt they made a promise to Jesus, yeah, we'll follow you, yeah, we, we know the fishing men thing. But for whatever reason, they had gone back to their fishing business. They, they, had, they had a hard time giving up fishing for fish. That's a common pattern for followers of Jesus today. Jesus calls us to be fishers of men. Yes, that's fine. We'll follow you. We'll go anywhere. We'll do whatever you want us to do. I promise this, promise that. Thank you for heaven. What do you want me to do? And then after a while, we go back. They, try, they start out following Jesus. However, they become, I call them go-backers. They started out good, but for whatever reason, they go back to what they were previously doing. Now, why would they do that? Well, they do that because of former friends. They do that because amusements that they'd enjoyed in the past. They do that because of former desires. And so if you're a go-backer here this morning, a commitment to soul winning is one of the most powerful ways that you can maintain a consistent witness for the Lord. If you've gone back... You need to win a soul, and another soul, and another soul, and you'll see that soul winning, soul winning is a powerful way to maintain a Christian lifestyle, winning souls. But they'd gone back. They'd went back fishing for fish. So when Jesus got on the boat, when he got on the boat, he kind of took charge, remember, dominion. He kind of took charge of that boat. I mean, he's the master of the situation. He's, he's, exercise, he's exercising total dominion. Now, now notice the details here. It was, it, was, it was nighttime. It was shallow water. Not normally where fish are caught. But remember this. It's kind of interesting. Jesus is the last Adam. Uh, Jesus is the last Adam. If you remember Genesis 1 verse 26 said, Adam, Adam created Adam. He had dominion over the fish of the sea. 
And now Jesus, the last Adam, is doing things the first Adam could have done if he had not sinned and kind of disrupted his dominion. So Jesus is the Lord of the land. Jesus is the landlord, and Jesus is the Lord of the sea. Jesus is the sea lord, and the point is, he knew where the fish were. And so he tells Peter, he says, you need to move out into deep water. He's omnipotent. This is neat. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And, and he says, go out there in the deep water. And so what happens, the Lord of the sea, he brings all the fish to that one spot. Think of that. They fished all night, not caught anything. Just imagine the excitement in the fish world when the master of the sea said, hey, Go yonder way. <laughs> and, and they all, there goes the fish. The Lord said, go that way. And here goes all the fish. You know, Psalms 8 verse 8 speaks of the path of the sea. Every fish in the lake goes rushing to where Jesus would be. The point is, if, if Jesus knows where the fish are, he also knows where people are. Point is, he has dominion over the fish but he has dominion over the people. And I'll tell you what, he also has dominion over the fishermen. Don't forget that. And so Simon Peter, he was this great fisherman. He was smart. He was a smart fisherman. And there's, there's this art in fishing, especially then because you had to have sharp eyes. You didn't have have to have depth finders where you could see them on a little screen. You had to look over in that blue water of Galilee there and see that school of fish go by. So you had to have sharp, sharp eyes, but you had to have swift reflexes because you had to take this net and you had to toss that net. And you had to be precise. There's a, there's a precision in this too because that fisherman had to be precise because he had to land that net right over top of that school of fish. My goodness. So Simon knew the best time to fish was at night. He said, we fished all night. We haven't caught anything. I mean, it was useless to fish in the daylight. You had to fish at night. You can't catch anything in the daylight. You know, you like to stand around a little pier and pull those little brim out of the water. And, um, but you want the big fish, you've got to go where the big fish are. So Jesus gave the word to push out. And his experience, Simon, would have normally said, no, I don't want to do that. We fished there all night, and there's not anything out there. But, but Simon said this. But he said, but at thy word, Lord. And he pushed out. Nevertheless, at thy word. Now, why did he push out? He'd been out there all night. And there's no fish out there. He tried that. You can't fish near the bank in the daylight. So why did he push out? Real simple. He pushed out because Jesus said so. And Simon acknowledged the dominion of Jesus over him, himself, along with the sea. And so he's placing himself completely under the dominion of Jesus. You want to be a soul winner? Here's the point. The lordship question in your life 
must be settled before you can be a soul winner. Is he the Lord of your life? Does he have all power and authority and control over your life? Are you doing what he's saying to do? Dawson Trotman, who was the founder of the Navigators, he was a great soul winner. He said this, I quote, No man ever came to Jesus who didn't become a fisher of men. He goes on. If you're not fishing, you're not following. Wow. So to be a soul winner, there's the dominion factor. To be a soul winner, there's the direction factor. Point number two. Now notice the instructions there to Peter. The point is, uh, there's, there's a place for fishing. The direction. Go out into the deep. The direction factor. Um, it's, a, it's not where you normally find fish, but it's where you find the big fish. You know, there's some big fish. There's some big fish in Phil County. There's some big fish in Russellville. Big fish in Haleville. There's big fish all around. If you don't believe it, just look in Walmart. Or, or, look, in ball, or look in ballparks. Look at Friday night football as you go to the game at the big fish. Look in the malls. Look in the coffee shops. Look in the beauty shop. Look in the barber shop. Look in the restaurants. Hey, big fish everywhere. We like little fish. We've had some little fish here recently. But there's big fish out there. Big fish out there. Look where people can be found. And Jesus, and what's so unique, Jesus has a way of getting fish and fishermen together. If you pray and you're a fisherman, He'll put a fish right in front of you. A big fish. He'll have people at the right place. At the right time, people say, I can't believe that person was there. I can believe that because Jesus put you there and put them there, and he can put the people where the fish are, the soul winners where the fish are. For example, in Acts chapter 8, Philip was minding his own business while a eunuch was out in a desert reading a book of Isaiah, and all of a sudden God put Philip with the eunuch and told him about Jesus. Philip told him about Jesus. Another example would be in Acts 10 where Simon Peter was sent to Cornelius' house. Jesus can put fish with the fishermen. So don't be, don't be so anchored in a pew. Launch out into the deep. That's where the fish are. It's good to come to church. But just don't be so anchored in the pew that you're forgetting that the deep water is out there. And that's where we need to be. Verse 4 and 5, Jesus told Peter to let down the nets. That's plural. But what did Peter do? Simon let down the net. That's singular. So the point is, we can, we can reach as many people that we make opportunity for. He let down a net. So what happened to the net? It's filled. Jesus said, let down the nets. He let down a net, and all of a sudden, so many fish, and the net started to do what? Started to break. Just think how many people we could reach if each soul winner reached one person a week. Now, we have 50, I think, that began our class on Sunday night. And um, I was speaking to a person this week and sharing with them 
about a gift I want to give to everybody that's in that soul winning class when it's over in a couple of weeks. And I said, we have 50, but just think if we have 25 that completes it and are willing to be soul winners. Just think what that would be. If 25 soul winners would win one person a week times 52 weeks is 1,300 people. If 25, 25. Think of that. It's unreal. The point is, if you want to catch fish, you have to what? Fish. If you want to catch fish, you have to fish. Verse 6 and 7, can you just imagine? Let's look at that just a minute. I'm about to close. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And, and they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. Think of all those fish. Can you imagine having so many fish that the, nets were, the net was breaking and both boats were beginning to sink? You know, it's a wonder that I hadn't heard some of you tell a fish story like that. I know the fishermen in this church. I haven't heard that it, you, he got so many fish at both boats. He called for help and all the boats began to sink. I haven't heard that yet, but I not heard it, Jim. But that's what happened here. Verse 7 said, they signaled to their partners. Can you imagine that? What does all that mean, brother? Sam? Well, here's what it means. It takes more than one person to reach a soul. That's what it means. Many people are involved. You got some locating fish. You got some preparing the bait. You got some throwing out the net. You got some pulling them in. Everyone has a job and all share in the catch. Factors for catching men for Jesus. Dominion factor. The direction factor. Real quick, the devotion factor. Verses 5 through 11. This factor demonstrated, is demonstrated best, I guess, in the life of Simon Peter. The real secret of winning people to Jesus. He had it. The real secret of soul winning, winning people to Jesus, is this. Love for Jesus. That's it. That's, it's real simple. That's the secret of soul winning. I was reading in this, this past week about this young missionary was returning home from a furlough after her first missionary trip. And she was getting off the plane, and she was in the lobby there. And a church, one of the church members that went to pick her up said this to her. He says, I think it's wonderful that you love those people so much so much as you do to go to them as a missionary. And she said this, I didn't go because I loved the people. I went because I loved Jesus. Wow. Verse 5. At the word, at thy word, I will let down the net, Lord. That's what you told me to do, and I'm going to do it. Why? For the fish, no, because I love you, Lord, and I'm going to let down my net simply because I love you. I love you. So here's the point. As we grow in the knowledge of the Word, 
we should also grow in the knowledge or we should also grow in the love that we have for Jesus. Verse 8, Simon Peter declared Jesus, he declared him Lord, Lord of heaven, Lord of the lake, Lord of his life. And then notice he saw, he saw himself and he just claps before Jesus. He saw himself so unworthy, he just dropped to his knees before Jesus. And here's another key. We'll never catch men until we see our own condition before Jesus. Isaiah saw it in Isaiah 6, 1 through 5. He says, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in a, in a world, a nation of unclean lips. Job in 42 verse 6 said, I abhor myself and I repent with sackcloth and ashes. And so love for Jesus expresses a love for souls. If you love Jesus, you'll love souls. So the point is, there's, there's a good future for Christians who want to be soul winners. But you've got to love Jesus. You've got to be, you've got to be dominated by Him. He has to be your Lord. You have to know which direction to go, and you've got to go for the right purpose. It's not for the fish, but it's for the Lord that you're going Verse 11 says this, So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all, and they followed him. Now, they could have um, made a fortune out of all those fish, but they didn't want the fish anymore. They could have sold their boats and made a fortune. They didn't want the boats anymore, but they forsook. All their boats, their equipment, their nets, the fish, they left it all behind, and they followed him. That's a beautiful song just a few minutes ago, for the sake of a cause. Talked about all people who've left things behind for one reason, because God had called them. And it mentioned these fishermen, these early fishermen. You get that? Let me encourage you. To live, uh, to yield to the dominion of Christ in your life. Begin to look for people in places where they can be found. The Lord will use you, whatever you'll give to Him, to make you a fisher of men. The price is worth the paying, and a genuine love for Jesus will always be expressed through a genuine love to win others to Christ. And just for practical help, I was going to share this tonight, but I want all of you to hear it. Just some practical helps as you take your first steps in fishing for men. Number one, claim the personal presence of Jesus as you daily seek souls for Him. Number two, share your personal testimony with other people. Number three, prepare a prayer list of a friend that you'd like to see come to Jesus. Appreciate the guys bringing who's you want in here. Some of you may put a ping pong ball in there with a lost person you've been praying for. Maybe you started out good, but you went back to the boat. But you need to come back today because that person's no, that person's no closer to heaven, perhaps, than they were when you left them. And so you may want to 
get you a list and write your lost people down and those you're praying for. Then read God's Word and pray daily. Then yield your life to the total control of the Holy Spirit. And then if you desire, you can be a mighty soul winner. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to, to look at um, factors of a soul winner. Last week is farming. This week is fishing. And so, Father, I pray that you'll take your word, apply it to our hearts, that we'll not just be hearers of your word, but we'll be doers. Twenty-five soul winners, one, peop- one person a week, times 52, 1,300 souls. But we need soul winners. And, Lord, you realize that when you said last week in your word, you said the fields are white unto harvest. The labors are few. I pray you've touched hearts today and let them, let people know, let those here, those viewing and listening or whatever the situation may be, that you have called us to be fisher of fishers of men, people. And they're different than fish. One dies and gets cooked, devoured. The others that we win as soul winners, they'll have, a, they'll have their sins forgiven. They'll have eternal life, a home in heaven. You're going to put us where we're needed. Help us to be known as a church that's a soul-winning church. Whatever else we do, Lord, really is not important. Next to evangelism, discipleship, that's what we're here for, according to your word. Help us to live up to our calling for the sake of a call. That's why we do what we do.